Come on, put those hands together and give him the glory in the house. Come on. We thank you, Jesus. As we remain standing in honor of God's word, I'm going to be reading Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. However it is that you uh, find scripture, I want to encourage you if you have a physical Bible or uh, if you do not have a physical Bible, I encourage you to go ahead and download uh, the YouVersion app. Everybody say the YouVersion app. The YouVersion app is a great app. It's easy to navigate. I tell you every single week, don't just eat on one day, but it's good to have uh, some food. Get your own Bible so that you can study through the week. I told you, you know, I could be up here lying to you. How do you know if you don't look for yourself? Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. So go home and study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Come on. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And so in this moment, we're going to look at Isaiah uh, 43, verse 18 and 19. And we're going to have the grand finale of our blood, sweat, and tears series. How many of you been blessed by that series so far? Didn't Pastor Brown abs absolutely wreck us last week, man? She's on break. Sorry, little, every now and again it will sneak out. Uh, but look, so Bible says, remember not the former things. Somebody say, remember not the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, the prophet says, I am doing a new thing. Put some caffeine in that voice and say a new thing. A new thing. Watch it. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness. Oh my. We could just read this and close it and go home. And rivers. Somebody say rivers. Thank you, baby girl. Rivers in the desert. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I thank you so much for this preaching moment thank you so much for those who are watching online at our online campus all around the world and i thank you lord for those who are here physically with us lord you know what each what each and every single one of us is navigating and dealing with but we know that you are greater than all of these things and in this moment lord i just ask that even as your word is preached that your power would prevail in this moment through the declaring of your word that faith would come because even as you said in Romans 10 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing how by the word of God and so Lord ignite faith and manifest faith not only in the room but even on our, at our online campus right now and in this moment God while you're blessing us here at Serve City I ask that you would be with and bless every church around the GTA that is preaching your gospel right now for Lord, they are not our competition, but they are our co-laborers. So even as you bless us, bless them. And not only this, Lord, we ask that you would bless all of the churches around the world as well that are preaching your gospel on this day. Let your power prevail. And not only this, God, even the churches we cover that we're associated and partnered with, let the same anointing manifest in a mighty way in their midst. And we thank you and we give you honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, come on now, if you're anticipating a move of God, put those hands together on your way to your seat. Glory to God.
online put those hands together glory to God even now even as the text declares and says remember not the former things nor consider the things of old behold I'm doing a new thing now one more time say now now, now it springs forth do you not perceive it I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert you know one of the tragedies and the challenges that uh, I've even found myself in during this season is that oftentimes if you look and if you'll be honest you know there are times when you look back with reflective analysis over what's happening uh, in your life and you and I if you'll be honest if you'll be honest online you would admit and agree with me that there are times when your thoughts are revertive in other words you're to the place where you and I, we look back and we're like, man, I remember before COVID. Anybody other than me? Things were queued up. I remember we could barely find seats in this building. Come on, somebody. We could barely find seats in this building because the place was packed, packed, packed. It wasn't just packed. It was packed, packed. And, you know, all sorts of things happened and have transpired were happening prior to covid y'all were 2020 the year of clear vision you didn't realize what god was getting ready to show us <laughs> uh, but we thought things were going to go different so we often find ourselves looking back in a revertive manner like man i wish i could reverse and go back you know and fact of the matter is that yes we give god glory for what he did prior to covid19 and there are many of us you know, that are in a season where because we are in the thick of it and we are in the midst of it and we are in this place of challenge, even for us, you know, if I could just be honest, is it okay for pastors to be honest? Yep. You know, I, I, it was a challenge. I got friends that, you know, we were in a position where we, we, God blessed us with this building and now we have been here over a year and I give the Lord praise for this. But there are friends who were uh, in a position of renting facilities that closed down. And so they're having services online, and guess what's happening to the money that they were uh, paying for their buildings every month? Banking it up, banking it up, banking it up, and they're talking about all of this, how much money they had. And I found myself slipping in a moment, thinking back, man, imagine how much money we would have had saved up if we were not having this building. And the Lord checked me real quick, like, hold up a second, fam. Lest you forget how you cried out and asked me for a permanent location. Oh, y'all, I'm going to, I'm just taking my time. I want to set this thing up. Lest you forget and watch this. I want you to know what I'm doing in this season. I can't even begin. I cannot wait. I was talking with my wife yesterday. I'm like, babe, can I please tell him? Can I please tell him? I want to tell you the stuff that God did for our church in the midst of the pandemic. If you're in the building, number one, you're sitting in one of them. Come on, somebody. Not only God was showing you, watch this. I am in the position where I want to show you that my presence is not just with you pre-pandemic. But we didn't miss not one payment for this building. We fed hundreds of people through this pandemic and took care. We helped families that were in need. Y'all are hearing me. God did miracle after miracle 
after miracle and God said do you perceive come on while you're sitting up looking at how much people have in the bank and God bless them how about y'all still have stuff in the bank and stuff is happening in your midst even in the middle of a pandemic uh, someone sees where I'm going with this thing it's very easy for us to look back in a revertive manner to you know, I, I sit with my board and our board here at the church. We puzzle and we celebrate and we look and we're like, wow. And I'm telling you, Vision Sunday is coming. I cannot wait because we're transparent at this church. And we show you where your money goes and all of that and how that works. And I cannot wait for Vision Sunday uh, for you to see all the extent, the magnanimity of God's goodness during this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I, I just want to help somebody because uh, that's just me being honest and telling you about the things that I've had to navigate because pastoring through a pandemic uh, is perilous. Come on, somebody. It is a challenge. It is it is very uh, it is very difficult. Uh, but and but but I, I know that even though you're not a pastor, come on, uh, there are some of you that where you're at right now, you were begging for that marriage. Until you said the I do and now the marriage, the pandemic hit the marriage and you start having a pandemic in the midst of a pandemic. Amen. Number of things that have happened. There are a number of things that have challenged us and we find ourselves complaining about the promotion that you put in the prayer request. And you celebrated when God gave you the promote. Can I just wait? Is it OK? Can we just talk real? And then as soon now that, the, you know, they start playing what you call worldly music, you and your sanctified self, oh, they cuss too much on the job. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity for God to use you as a witness in your job, you're talking about, oh, can you transfer me? Because uh, you forgot that light does its best work in darkness. Uh, my, my, my. And you forgot, you forgot, uh, you forgot. And oftentimes we forget that we used to be the same one. Come on. We get amnesia every now and again. And so we have, we become revertive uh, in our perspective. Come on. Uh, somebody in the chat put, don't be revertive in your perspective. Come on. Uh, and that's something to note that's noteworthy. Don't, don't look back and wish. Watch. Because this is where we're going at today. I want you to understand uh, as, we're per as it pertains to our building. As it pertains to our building, and this is, here it is, here it is. Uh, many of us, watch this, because our, of our revertive perspective, we have placed limitations on ourselves or on what it is that God's desire is to do in our lives. We have put limitations. We've begun to build with limitations because of COVID and because of the things that we have faced or that we are facing in this season and in this hour. And consequently, we have got into the place where oftentimes we are looking backwards. Can I tell you, uh, it's a real thing, buddy. It's a real thing, man. When you get to the place uh, every now and again, there's some of you that you are hating backwards. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Uh, let me break it down for you like this. You are hating backwards. Watch this. Uh, you begged God for the promotion. Now you're hating on the person who has a lesser job than you because of the responsibilities that have been attached to this new job. You're hating backwards. You hating on the single person. Come on, somebody. Uh, because they can get up and they can bounce and you got married. Now, you, oftentimes, we find ourselves hating backwards. Are you going to be real with me? You thought the only way you could hate is forward? Oh, I'm hating on somebody because I'm jealous of what they got and they're ahead of me or they're above me or they're independent. No, sometimes you hate backwards. 
Because oftentimes we think that it's easier or that it's God's will for us to go back. Come on. But we need to understand that oftentimes that this is the limit uh, that is hindering us from experiencing and seeing what it is that God has for us. And so today I want to challenge you around how you're building. That we've got to get to the place where we are not building with limitations. Uh, what are you talking about? Are you talking about not building with limits or boundaries? You mean like I can just let anybody do whatever the heck uh, they want to do to me and then I'm just going to keep on? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about relational limits or boundaries. I'm talking about limitations as it pertains to your perspective of God's ability to do what he promised to you even in the midst of a difficult season. Amen. Ah, Who's with me on today? As we're building, as we're building, as I talked uh, with you, we've been in Matthew chapter 7, and we've been looking at Matthew chapter 7, uh, and we've been, we've been dealing specifically uh, with verses 24 through 27 about the man that built his house on the rock, the man that built his house on the sand, and the wise one was the one who built his house on the rock. The foolish one is the one who built his house on the sand, and he makes it clear that, you know, both of them got licked with the storm. But only one was left standing because they built in a wise fashion. They built with God's word in mind. Jesus says that the person who hears his word and does them is like the guy who built his house on the rock. The other dude, and I'm ending where I started, uh, but the other dude built his house on the sand because he heard and did not do. And great was the fall of his house. And Satan is looking for some dem demolition. Come on, somebody. He is looking for us to be to the place where the, the enemies of God will mock because of what takes place. Come on, in our lives when it is that we go aside from what it is that God has instructed. But I wonder if there's anybody in here today that can give God praise because you said despite what it looks like, even in the midst of the pandemic, I'm going to be punctilious about giving God praise because he is still able to perform and bring to pass everything that he has said come on can we give the lord praise online and here in the house if you believe it and so watch this the text declares and says remember not the former things and i'm going to deal with the context in a minute in a minute he says nor consider the things of old what does he mean by this what does he mean by this now the fact is i want to let you know this there is nothing wrong with memorializing the past unless it's hindering you from engaging the present and actualizing the future. Wow. So, so is Isaiah prophesying, or God through Isaiah prophesying that they are to uh, that there's something wrong when he says forget the former things, or and he gets to that place? What is he saying? Is he saying uh, is he saying that they should just wipe it out of their memory completely? No. What he's challenging them around is that it should not, number one, it should simply fuel their faith to note that God is able, but they should not allow it to hinder them from having a, reality, a realization of what is taking place in that moment, nor should it hinder them from being able to walk into what God has for them for the future. And so if you are memorializing the past in a place that is that it is uh, causing you to be immobilized. 
That's when memorialization becomes a problem. If immobilization is what is taking place. There are many of you, you are stuck. You are chasing your tail. You are going around in circles because of what has happened in the past. And watch this. Can I tell you this? Can I even tell you this? What I want to focus on today is not about the bad that has happened in the past. But there are many of us, watch this, some of the biggest hindrances to us realizing what's happening and what God is doing or what God wants to do in the future is not the bad days that were in the past it was the glory days God I want to can I just break it down for you God I wish I want to go back and we said take me back I mean I love Andre Crouch take me back dear Lord to the place anybody know that song where I first received I love that song and I sing it and I give him the place but the praise uh, but the fact is that many of us we are stuck where he first received him and consequently we are not walking into what it is that God has called us to come on somebody we are stuck on the glory days you are stuck pre-pandemic and I sense that God in this hour is trying to manifest something new come on that's why we're calling this the remix it's his desire to bring us into something even greater than we experienced before but if you're immobilized by the glory days of the past you're not going to be able to experience the glory that is to come oh who's with me who's with me uh, can i deal with this because watch let me just tell you because the fact of the matter is what he says remember not the former things and this is why i know he's not telling them he's not telling them to be to the place you know because notice in the context of the passage he talks about it. Watch this in verse 16 and 17 of that same chapter. He says, thus saith the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Verse 17, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. Watch this. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. And so he talks to the Israelites who are in cap Babylonian captivity. If I could just teach this for a moment at this point. He's teaching them and he's talking to them about their deliverance from Egypt. He tells them about how God did the impossible. Literally. Splits the sea and causes their enemies to perish therein. Ah, ah, he then gives them Passover. Everybody say Passover. And Passover, Passover is something, if you read Exodus chapter 12, uh, it outlines Passover and what happened. And they were to commemorate Passover or memorialize their deliverance, God's deliverance of them from Egyptian bondage. Because the Egyptian, the uh, Israelites were in Egyptian bondage for over 400 years. And they were in that position where God ends up delivering them out as was declared. And what happens is after they come out they are given this Passover feast where they have to memorialize so this is why I know and this is from generation to generation God is not telling them forget about all the good things he just rehearsed it watch this but those things should fuel your faith they shouldn't hinder you from moving forward in faith come on somebody 
Oh, there are many of us, you don't got any new testimonies. Oh, can I talk about it? You're still talking about stuff uh, that God did from 1985. Uh, and the reason why, that's great. And we give the Lord praise for that. But how many of you know that God still wants to do miracles in your life right now? Come on. Uh, some of you, the only miracles you know about are the ones on the pages of the Bible. When it is that God has called us to be living epistles. Come on. How many of you know he didn't just heal the woman with the issue of blood, but he can heal you today in this moment? How many of you know that he didn't just cast the devil out of those in scripture and send the demons into the pigs over a cliff, but he can cast the devil, you and your witchcraft, you and your obia, come on, that thing that has been tormenting you in the night, that thing can be expelled in the name of Jesus right now. God wants to, somebody ought to shout that, God wants to give me a testimony right now. Come on, I don't hear you. Say, God wants to give me a testimony right now. He wants to do it right now. Come on. We give him praise for what he did in the past. But he wants to do it again in your life. Come on. You ought to get to the place where you trust God again. Instead of just looking back. Come on. And so we look back to, to memorialize. But it should not immobilize us. Yeah, don't let the glory days hinder you from the glory that's to come. And I tell you, nostalgia is often one of our biggest enemies, one of the biggest enemies of our future. Nostalgia. In fact, uh, Antoine, can you hook me up real quick? Uh, you know, the nostalgia. I mean, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you something real quick. Uh, and, and I, 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 I want to know if you're, if you're a real OG, you know exactly what this is, fam. Uh, here we go. How many of you know? Thank you, sir. How many of you know what this is? See, and I didn't, I didn't even bother to bring the NES, right? The man decided to bring the SNES. There are many days when I would go ahead and I'd turn this button on uh, and nothing would happen. And if you're a super OG, you know about this move right here. Because online, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, uh, I used to, any, any Killer Instinct fans in here? Okay, any Mortal Kombat fans in here? Okay, and he's super, come here, get over here. Super Nintendo, y'all don't know about it. And the thing is, I like, I spent money on, I spend money on these games. Like I, I have all sorts of games. I had an Atari uh, with some rare stuff and I traded it in because I wanted the Super Nintendo specifically. And see, watch this, I don't want one of those bootleg controllers, right? I don't care if the controller don't even work properly. I spent extra money to get the one that I got to press harder on. Y'all don't know about that. To make sure that the button works. Because I just wanted the Super Nintendo controller. Now, my sons, my sons, they got Xbox One. Their uncle bought them an Xbox One. And this new Xbox One is there. And I mean, these people, they're, they're, they, they, they got Fortnite. They're all dancing. They're flying in in party buses. They're going to all sorts of worlds. I mean, they don't even have no cartridges or nothing. They do have some stuff, but the majority of it is downloaded online. I mean, they're sniping mans. They're going crazy. The, the extent that we had was like, was like uh, 007. Anybody know about 007, N64? And, you know, we can see the gun, but they got all characters. My sons are spending their allowance on skins. 
I'm like, fam, you're spending all your money on a skin, a virtual skin to go. And they, but this is a serious deal, buddy. In the same way that I felt about this and that I feel about this, they feel about that. And the thing is that the, I actually have no care. I careth not about Xbox One. They want me to play Fortnite and <laughs> And now all of the dances and everything, everybody's. And I'm just like, I, we didn't have none of that. I just want Chung Lee and the, you know, yoga fire. You, you know, like, y'all don't, I see, I'm going all the way back, fam. You know about it. Like that, that's what I'm looking for. And the fact of the matter is that I cannot take, watch this, if I want to, if I want to play what it is that they have, I cannot take the new thing and put it in the old thing. And expect it to work. No matter how much I want for my thing to jump and fly and do all the extra stuff and whatever and dance and get skipped. I can't have any of that in this. And Jesus makes it clear. I'm going somewhere. Jesus makes it clear. Matthew 2 verse 22. Write it down. Check it out. It says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Don't matter how much you want to progress. Come on, somebody. Doesn't matter how high you want to go. Doesn't matter how many Fortnite emojis you want. At the end of the night, it's not going to work in here. He says, if he does, the wine will burst in the skins. Come on. And the wine is destroyed. And so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Jesus' disciples and the people who were around him were questioning him in regards to fasting. And he makes it clear, his teaching that he gives to them, he makes it clear and he says to them uh, that no one puts new wine in old wineskins. You want to know why? Because new wine, uh, as it's fermenting, what it does is it causes the wineskin, as they used in biblical times, to expand. And watch this, the old wineskin, if you put new wineskin in it, uh, I mean new wine in it rather, as it begins to ferment and it tries to expand, what will happen is it will break. Come on, somebody. And that's why that's so powerful. Uh, you know, don't let anybody tell you that that was grape juice or none of that, whatever. No, it was wine in the Bible. And it's, this is a powerful thing because when there's the expanse that's needed, uh, that's supposed to happen as it's turning into the good stuff, the old system would break because it is not capable of being able to handle what it is that, that is trying to be put in there. Oh my, God is trying to expand you in this season. Come on, he's trying to play, put you to a place where you can experience all of the technology, all of the innovation, all of the things that he wants to do in and through your life in this season but the fact of the matter is when things start to ferment come on COVID-19 when stuff starts to expand if you are trying to hold on to what is old it will position you to break apart and not only will the skin break apart but he says the wine will be spoiled also my God there's stuff in your life that is getting to the place where it's getting ready to spoil if you don't allow yourself to get to the place where you provide some new wineskins for what it is that God is trying to pour into you. My God, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know what God is trying to send your way. I'm going to get back to the text in a moment. I didn't show up to preach about SNES and Super
Super Mario World, but I wonder if I could use it as a platform to declare to somebody today that it might be uncomfortable in this season. There might be a stretching that's happening in this season and you got to get to the place where you open yourself and accept it. Come on somebody and receive it and position yourself for it. Stop clinging to the things of all and allowing it to immobilize you from moving in to what it is that God has for you. If somebody in here and somebody at our online campus is saying I'm getting ready to walk come on into what it is that God has for me. Come on. I'm getting ready to walk. I'm giving God some new wineskins. I dare you to put those hands together and open your mouth and give him the praise. Here you are. Talking about and God is like, fam, I need you to forget that song. Come on. It's time for a new song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and again, you can reach in there and do it. But don't let nostalgia hinder you. Come on. Even now on the new games, you can get those retro games and they have even a better version of the old games. Come on. That can be played in the new system. Oh my, oh my, your testimonies will look better, come on, in a new wineskin. Come on, somebody. Oh my, oh God. Am I, I, am I the only person that's loving this? this is, I'm about to lose my mind. That testimony, that thing that God did for you in the past, watch this. It will look better when you're walking in newness. Come on. It will look, it will look even better as you walk into what it is that God has for your marriage in this next season. What God has for your business in this next season. Don't get to the place where you allow the glory of the old. To hinder you from what God has for the for your future. Look, the Apostle Paul, if you don't believe me, look. It's all through scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. The Apostle Paul talks about his glory days. In that whole chapter, he says, yo fam, I was a, I was like a Jew of all Jews. I was a Pharisee, which was a very strict Jew. Somebody that was really focused on, on and, and, and very very scrupulous as it pertained to their understanding of the law. And so they knew about the law and they were to the place where they were so serious about it. He was, he was, watch this, look, when Paul, and for those who don't know about who Paul is, he used to, his name used to be Saul. He used to persecute Christians. And what ends up happening is he has an encounter with Jesus on a road called Damascus. And God says, the things that you were focused on before Yes, they were things that I told you to focus on in the past, in the lost time and in the time of the Old Testament. But now he says, I'm doing a new thing. And he says that I'm doing it through Christ. And the Apostle Paul has a transformative experience. Or Saul, his name changes to Paul. He gets a new name. And then not only this, he moves into a new season where the thing he used to persecute now uh, is something that he is championing. So it's powerful. But I want you to understand this. The Apostle Paul was not failing at Judaism. Uh, this is what I want you to see. Look, look, look. He actually says, before I read Philippians chapter 3, I'm just going to read this in your hearing. He says in verse, Galatians chapter 1 verse 14, And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people so extremely zealous was i for the traditions of my fathers the apostle paul was advancing in judaism he did not transition to christ because he was failing 
He didn't have a transformative experience because he was a waste youth. But he literally was zealous, he was progressing, he was advancing. But even though he was advancing in the context that he thought that he was to do so in and that God had called him to, God had something greater that was beyond where he was. And this is why now we find him, uh, can I just tell you in the text? In Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 through 15, he says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect but i press on to make it my own because christ jesus has made me his own verse 13 brothers i do not consider that i have made it my own but one thing i do watch this forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling in Christ Jesus. And no, he's not talking about salvation. He's already saved. Christ has made him his own. And in the context, he's talking about the accomplishments he had in the past, in the context of Judaism. And now that Christ has made him his own, he realized that he has not arrived. And his goal now is to press forward into all that God has called him to while he is still in the earth. Are you still with me? And he says, watch this, watch, 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 verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. So he says, if you are mature, this is why I'm saying in this season, God's desire, we have to be careful that we are having a mature perspective of where we're at. Come on. God has not forgotten his promises. Any witness? God has not forgotten his promise. Let me say this again. God has not forgotten his promises. He still will bring it to pass. And oftentimes it's better than you and I even accept uh, or expect. Come on, Serve City Swag, uh, 320, E320. Uh, unto him uh, who is able. Can I do shameless plug, Serve City? CA forward slash swag. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly. Come on, church. And abundantly above all that you and I could ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory and the honor forever and ever. So Paul was advancing. That's what I, the focus I want to look at today. Even when things are working, that doesn't mean that God is done. Watch, 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 watch. He says he was advancing. Can I give you this point? Here it is. Sometimes our lives need renovating even when we're progressing. Look, look. Some of you, this is the thing, I want you to hear this. Some of you are progressing. You're moving forward. Even before COVID, as you were progressing, you're moving forward and stuff was working. But God wasn't done. And you begun to settle in your progression. Oh, I'm about to lose my mind. Do you know that you can settle even when things are moving? Do you know that you can be immobilized even when you're, when you're moving forward? When you're being hindered, oftentimes one of the biggest places of paralysis for the believer is when it is that we are moving forward and we have settled or begun to put limitations on our lives when it is that God has called us to have more and to walk into more and to be more impactful than where we were prior to this season. Oh my, 
Oh, I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I know I remember before I moved into this, before you see all of this. I remember as a 20-year-old pastor, I was progressing in the religious context that I was in before God told me to come out. I was in the States as a 20-year-old. I had planted a church that was rapidly growing within that organization. And I had two other churches that I would travel between on Saturday mornings to go and to share the word one in Michigan City and one in Gary, Indiana, and my church was in Berrien Springs, Michigan. The one I always tell y'all about on top of the uh, on top of the the grocery store, and that was the first the first church that I ever pastored uh, before I left. And God had called me and my wife out of that context, and in that moment, I'm like God, but I am progressing. It looks when I look around, it looks like stuff is working. But I'm telling you what God has done in and through uh, this ministry, what God has done in and through the ministry that came after we were obedient to walk into the new thing was even more than I ever could have imagined. I never would have thought or imagined that any of this would have happened. I thought that because things were progressing that God was done moving and that God, his desire was to continue doing what he was going to do in that context and not to knock anybody. I'm not talking about nobody or none of that. All I know is that God called my family and I out of that context. Come on. And when it is that we obeyed him, come on, even though things were working in that context, things went above and beyond when we went beyond and we moved into the new thing that God had for our lives. Are you still with me? Yeah. And I'm coming to the close. I'm bringing this plane down for a landing, but I want you to see this. This is, this is it. This is all that was my intro. Uh, this is the message. Here goes. Look, verse 19 of verse 19 of, 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 of uh, Isaiah 43. Peep this, peep this, peep this, peep this. Are you still with me? Okay, here we go. Look at this. Verse 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? So look, God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. In other words, I'm doing this stuff. I'm setting you up to experience something beyond your understanding, beyond your belief. But here's the question. Do you perceive it? Someone ask, my, ask yourself, say, do I perceive it? My question is, do you perceive what God is doing for you? I mean, here we go. Israel was in captivity. I'm going here. Watch this. Israel was in captivity. Israel was in captivity for 70 years in Babylon because of, and as a result or as a punishment, this is when God is saying this. They're in Babylonian captivity uh, because of their sin, because they walked and stepped into idolatry and because they forsook and went aside from the things that God had done they forgot everything that God had done in their life this is why God rehearses it through the prophet but in the midst of their captivity in Babylonian captivity in the midst of the fact that God in the latter part of that chapter rehearses and tells them about the fact that the priests and the people who were leaders had gone aside from what it is that he had called them to in the midst of all of that he says to them behold I'm doing a new thing I'm causing, I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm making a way in a place that is wild. I want you to get this. I'm making a way. I'm showing you when you are in the midst of a wilderness. And then he says, I'm making streams in a desert. I'm not making a mirage. 
Listen, listen. Oh my. Can I tell you, some of y'all are settling for a mirage. Your perception of what God is doing in your life is you, is you're like, okay, God, as long as I can, it can appear that I am watered. God's saying, I'm not trying to give you an appearance. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to give you the actuality. I'm trying uh, to actually make you be hunger. And those of you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, I want you to be filled. Come on. I want you to experience the actuality of this thing. So look at somebody. Look down your, your row. Uh, don't touch anyone. Uh, but just look at them and just tell them, tell them, don't settle for a mirage. But the challenge is, he says, do you perceive it? Because, uh, you know, they were in Babylonian captivity. They had gone away from the, the statutes that God had commanded them. They had jacked up and messed up. So their perception uh, may have been tainted by the fact that they felt unworthy. Come on. There are some of you, you're like, man, the reason why I'm in the middle of what I'm in right now, how could God desire to do a new thing in my life? Look at what I did. Any witnesses other than me? Uh, no perfect people allowed. This say i messed some stuff up i jacked some stuff up and so oftentimes our perspective is blinded because of what we've done when we realize that god's desire to bless our lives come here gospel is not based upon what we've done or what we do but it's based upon his goodness and the prophet was trying to talk about, watch this, what God, God's goodness juxtaposed against our, uh, our, our unworthiness. And the fact that God is good uh, because God is good because he's good. God is not good because you and I are good. God is good because he is good. God is merciful. And, and when it is that he causes stuff, the streams to come in the midst of the desert and ways to be made in the wild in our lives, it ought to turn us to the place where we respond to his kindness and we give him the glory because we know that he is good to us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. Is there anybody? in this house that says I'm so grateful that God is faithful even when I'm not faithful any witnesses in the house or online that can give God praise you know that even when you did not deserve it and I don't deserve it that he's still a merciful God that's the goodness of God I mean I, it wouldn't be as much worth celebrating if it was only good to me when I was good because that'd be fickle come on somebody but the reason why I praise him so crazy, some of y'all see me over there running and walking and jumping. I mean, the reason why is because I'm thinking, I'm like, man, he blesses me even when I don't deserve it. Come on, somebody. Oh, any witnesses in here that are grateful for the love and the mercy of God? I'm almost done. I want you to see this. Here it is. But this is, he says, do you perceive it? Do you perceive it? Peep this. Somebody say, do I perceive it? Watch this. Watch this. I want you to hear this. This is it. This is it. This is the reason. Uh, watch this. God often shows us, this is why it was, may have been difficult for them to perceive it and why it's oftentimes difficult for us to perceive it. Here it is, not only because of our imperfections, but here it is. God often shows us a finished product, but not the final product. Here, here, here. Okay, let me say it again, and I'm going to break it down for you. And the Lord lit me up with this in my office when I was studying, and I want you to grab this. God often shows us a finished product, but not the final product. One of the reasons why we are rebuilt with limitations is because of the fact that we thought that God was done when in actuality, no, 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 no. There's still, even though you saw the ultimate and the finished product, you didn't see and you didn't know that there were some renovations that were going to have to come down the line 
mind before you got to what it was that God has shown you. How about this? When you go, when you get a house and a house is built, we got friends that build a house, they are building houses right now. When somebody builds a house, the builder doesn't tell you, watch this, in three years, your house is going to catch on fire. Oh, who's with me? The builder don't tell you that down the line, somebody's going to forget to unplug this thing and this is going to happen. The builder doesn't tell you any of that. When you build a house, you get the house and you don't realize that at some point you're going to have to renovate or you're going to have to get to the place where you change out some stuff or where you replace some shutters or where the wind might come and blow some stuff out. And oftentimes we see the house, but we didn't realize that there were certain things that were going to happen along the journey in order for us to get there. And some of us, we have settled and we have caught, we've been building with limitations because we are now to the place where many of you are discouraged because you said God I thought and what you didn't realize is is that there were things that were going to happen along the way but it was not the final product come on there were still some things that were going to happen come on and many of you you would not have struck or swung the hammer one time if you knew what was coming if God told you about what was going to happen at the beginning would you have started to build and so oftentimes you know we buy insurance and some of us don't And you don't know. You don't know. I mean, and even with insurance, and you think we're settled, when, when the time comes, when the catastrophe hits, or when whatever happens, how many of you know that them mans are janky, fam? They try to tell you, oh, well, you just, you got this after this deadline, you know, and it was supposed to be at 11.59, and you did it at, a, you know, at 12.01, and so consequently, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so even when you get insurance, there's something that they don't give you. You get insurance, uh, but you don't have assurance. Watch this. And so I'm grateful, watch this, that although God does not tell us when we start building about what's going to happen, and oftentimes we see something that we're working to, and we don't realize about the loss that's going to happen in our lives along the journey. We don't realize about the sickness that you're going to have to face along the journey. We don't realize about the job loss that's going to happen. And oftentimes God will show us this. But we don't realize that there are several renovations that have to take place. And several new things that transpire in order for us to get. When God promised Israel Canaan, the promised land. They didn't realize that when they were going to get there that there were going to be giants in the land. So oftentimes, because we don't know what's ahead, when we get to the thing and we're like, man, look at this. But how many of you know, at the end of the day, watch this, we don't build our lives with insurance, we build with assurance. We build with insurance rather and assurance. And so the fact of the matter is that we are living our lives where we have God's promises as insurance, but because he is God, we have assurance. Oh, blessed assurance. Come on. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory, divine heir of salvation, purchased of God, bought with his spirit or born of his spirit, bought with his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Oh, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. We live in a place where we oftentimes... If I can get some help on the keys. We are oftentimes in this place where we have to understand that it's imperative for us to stay close to the builder. So that we can continue to receive wisdom as we proceed. You don't know what the future holds. And as we've been talking about building and being in a place where we are building. Where we are building without limitations. 
We're not building guessing, but when you're building and in relationship with the, with the one who is the architect and the one who is already in the future, we don't build with limitations and we can build knowing that he will be with us and that nothing will be impossible with him. Are you with me on today? And so I encourage you this morning not to build with limitations, not to build allowing the glory days and the times of old to hinder you and I from walking into what it is that God wants to do in this new season. The Israelites forgot about their God. They forgot and they, be, they got to the place. They got to the place where they went after idols. They gave God glory for his deliverance of them. But then because they didn't want relationship with him, they ended up getting into bondage. Don't forsake your relationship with the Lord. Make sure that you lean into him in this season. Behold, I declare it over you. Even in the midst of this pandemic, he is doing a new thing. And even as you are building in this season, provide him, give him new wineskins. Open yourself up to what it is that he wants to do. Don't hold on to the things that make you and I rigid. And get us to the place where it blocks what God wants to do. Or we break and the wine spoils. Because we have put it in an old wineskin. And the greatest, the greatest, <laughs> the greatest, the greatest example of the fact that we shouldn't allow where we're at to hinder us from moving into the glory that's ahead is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. The fact of the matter is that Bible makes it clear and lets us know that thousands of years ago, our first parents, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. The Bible makes it clear that after they disobeyed God, that sin and death passed on to all mankind. And now sin becomes hereditary. So when we're, we're born in sin, the Bible says, and we're shaped in iniquity. And I say every week, we don't have to teach people how to sin. We are born with it. We don't have to teach people to disobey or go against the will of God. It's something that we just do by nature. And the Bible makes it clear that the wages of this sin in Romans 6.23 is death. Everybody say death. But then the B part of that verse is, it says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You might be in a place where you where you have experienced or you don't have a relationship with God and you're hearing me talk about building with, you know, being connected to the architect and being connected to God and you're like, I don't have that relationship with him. Watching online, you might be like, I don't have a relationship with God. And the Bible makes it clear that even though we are sinners and the wages of sin is death, I don't have to convince you that people are dying. The Bible also talks about hell, eternal separation from God in a place called hell but the gift of God is eternal life how do I get that Bible says John 3 16 God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life over 2,000 years ago 
Yahweh, the Most High God, Jehovah, put on flesh. It says, although that you and I are screwed up, just like he shows his love to the Israelites in Babylonian captivity in this moment, he shows love to us in our place of sin and sinfulness. He doesn't leave us stranded. He says, I want to do a new thing in your life. I'm going to come. I'm going to put on flesh, the very flesh that has y'all jacked up. And I'm going to live perfectly because you and I can't. And not only this, but he died in our place and took our punishment. And I wonder if there's anybody that's excited about the fact that he rose from, all, from death with all power in his hand. Somebody say, he got up. He got up with all power in his hand. The Bible says that he extends now to us, to those who would believe, would put trust and faith in him, would put our, give him our lives. He would give us in return new life. <laughs> and it can happen right now. It's not when you die that it happens, but right now you and I can have new life and relationship with God and it can start right now. And so in this moment, I want to extend to you, if you do not know Jesus, if you are not in relationship with him at our online campus, if you're watching and you do not have a relationship with God, if you don't know if you were to die today, if you would be separated from God forever, or if you would be with God forever, I compel and invite you today to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. Come to him today. Move forward into newness. There's power in his name to break every chain in your life. And today you can have life eternal. And so in this moment, I want to lead a prayer of commitment. Everybody with your head bowed and your eye closed. And today in this moment, you're like, Pastor Andrew, I don't know the Lord. Or you might be somebody who's like, you know what? I ran away from God. I went away from God. And today is the day that I want to come home. Even though you ran away from him. He has not gone away from you. And today you have that opportunity to come home. So whether it's your first time or you want to come home to him, between you and God, every head bow, every eye closed, and you're like, today is my day. Today I am giving my life to Christ or recommitting my life to Christ. On the count of three, even on, at our online campus, I want you to pop that hand up as high as you can. Here we go. On the count of three. If you're saying include me in that prayer, every head bow, every eye closed. One two three come on pop that hand up i see that hand praise god are there any others in this house or any online who would say today is my day praise god i see i see that hand praise god and in the spirit even those who are online i see those hands online and so in this moment we're getting ready to pray this prayer of commitment if that person is you and i want you I want all of us in the house to pray this out loud. We pray it as an affirmation of our faith if you are already saved. And we pray it also in support of those who are getting ready to make this decision today for the first time or come back home. And so together we pray and we just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Make me new as you promised. And be with me now and forevermore. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
Come on, can we celebrate all over this house? Put your hands together. Can we celebrate those who made decisions for Christ? Come on, can we celebrate online those who made decisions for Christ? Glory to God.